The Baltimore Ravens 2023 stadium practice officially concluded. We talk about it, and it's an analysis to everything that happened. Do a little bit of a stock report and so much more come up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in here to another episode of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you on a Saturday here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We're your team every day here. Thank you so much for being here on this Saturday, making us your first listen each and every day. Free and available as always here, all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. You can check us out anywhere. So if you, if you want to listen one day and maybe you want to watch another day, that's totally all right. You're not missing anything. It's the same show, both audio and and video form here and you know five days a week monday through friday usually there's you know special saturday episode edition here but monday through friday we give you ravens content and obviously it's picking up now with training camp and we're talking stadium practice today as it, it was exciting right you know fans got to go to the stadium and see everybody we heard the cheers right odell lamar jackson those two the star power duo between those guys we're going to be talking about a lot just getting into a general stadium practice analysis going into just what happened, yeah, just, just in general, over the first part of the show. Then in the second part, we'll do a bit of a stock report, whose stock is up, whose stock is down after Baltimore Stadium practice. Then we'll just look at the latest Ravens news and notes. I used to call those segments news, notes, and quotes. But uh, we'll just do what's happening, the transactions the Ravens have made. There's actually been a couple new developments, and maybe there will continue to be over the course of this entire show. But, yeah, thank you for tuning into the live here today. We do these after every big thing. So I thought, why not do it for the stadium practice? We'll have more analysis on that on monday but you can subscribe here on locked on ravens and turn notifications on you can also comment on these lives and if you're listening in audio form as you do know if you're listening these will be up after the fact there so yeah, let's, let's just get into an overall analysis of what happened during the stadium practice and there were actually a few former ravens you know if you were watching the ravens broadcast you heard Danelle ellerby vonta leach get up there and talk and I, the ravens broadcasting does a great job with that Jimmy Smith, though, also was in attendance, and all, it just it felt like the offense struggled to an extent, but not totally. It felt like it was kind of an uneven day for the offensive side of the ball, where I think the offensive line was really, that was the struggle bus for them. Not everybody. We'll talk about who impressed and who didn't on the offensive line in the second part of the show but to me, at least, I feel like Lamar Jackson had some nice throws. The Odell-Lamar Jackson connection is really picking up, it feels like. We saw a couple of really nice plays. Odell-Lamar connected. It was a little touch pass from Lamar that ended up being a touchdown, beat Marlon Humphrey, Odell did. And there wasn't – I couldn't see, but there was a play. I think it might have been the second play of 11-on-11s or maybe it was 7-on-7s. Seven but Odell, I think Marlon was up in press coverage. And Odell gave Marlon Humphrey a move. He he, he, gave, he gave Odell a little move. Now, Marlon ended up, I think, gaining some ground. And the, the throw didn't, I think the throw went to Mark Andrews. It didn't even go to Odell. But Odell gave Marlon Humphrey a move. And so, again, you want to use the phrase iron sharpens iron? You, you can absolutely do that here. And Mike White saying, you know, I love seeing Odell sell out for that sideline catch. Looks like Greg Lewis cautioned him on the sideline, though. 
And yeah, you know, don't want to don't want to throw away the body too early in the training camp here. Right. But look, he's going hard. He has something to prove. So I, I, I like that comment there, Mike. It really feels like Odell's buying in here. And then the chef 87 tuning in saying my man, Kevin O, OBJ and likely look great. Yep. You, you hit it on the head with some of the stock, stock ups we'll talk about in the second part of the show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But yeah, it felt like Odell and Lamar, the connection definitely there. And then other ones I felt like, you know, Isaiah Likely, let's just talk about the Chef 87 said it. Isaiah Likely had a good day catching passes all over the place. And I'm actually, I'm trying to look up right now just a couple of the other plays that happened. And the the attendance overall was pretty great, 19,217. And look, for everybody that was out there, credit to you. Credit to you for being out there. What does Kyle say here? It was 102 degrees. The heat index was on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, that was, and yeah, sports guru 0258 coming in saying, don't forget the likely touchdown. He did. He caught a couple passes and had some touchdowns in there too. So I think likely was one of the standouts. We'll again, get to that more in the second part of the show. Tariq Black, I thought made a nice catch from Tyler Huntley. And then there was, there were a couple of big shots, but Rocky Asin had a couple of nice plays I also think that we saw, you know, we talked about the Odell and, and Lamar connection. And I feel like that's where everybody's going to be going because of just how excited, it, you know, Odell with this, again, the star power Odell has is off the charts, you know, from a pure celebrity perspective, like star power celebrity perspective. I don't think there are a lot of people that can maybe touch what Lamar has built himself there. Odell, though. Odell, I think, is is up there. I think Odell, you know, most Instagram followers, I think the stat they played was uh, Patrick Mahomes is the, is the next highest in terms of Instagram followers, and Odell has like three times or more than three times his number. So Odell's that star power guy, but he's also a pretty good NFL receiver. And look, in terms of, you know, what I would say to expect from Odell this year, I'm not expecting like prime New York Giants Odell, right? But I'm expecting like low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. I think that's a fair, if, you know, he's fully healthy, the knee, the knee feels great and everything. I think that's a fair where Odell was, you know, one of the best receivers in the league, high end wide receiver one production, you know, maybe not even, you know, they might not even be getting mid wide receiver one production. But I think if you get low end wide receiver one and a high end wide receiver two production out of Odell this year, that's great because you also have Rashad Bateman. You also have Zay Flowers. Now, both of those guys didn't practice. Zay Flowers didn't practice for the second consecutive day, apparently dealing with a little bit of an illness, but should be back, or at least there's a chance for him to be back on Monday, according to John Harbaugh. And Rashad Bateman obviously still dealing with the foot. J.K. Dobbins didn't practice. JB coming in here in the comments saying, they use a fullback more than I expected. I think Ricard's position is safe. I think so, too. And I think it's it's going more, how do I put it? It's going more into the, you want to be familiar with just some of the sets you run, but you know, they're going to use some of the stuff. And again, you're not going to show your entire playbook in the stadium practice, right? You're not even going to show throughout the entirety of the preseason. So I'm interested to see how the fullback role is used, you know, starting week one and going throughout the course of the regular season. Now, Ben Mason is a guy who, if, if you've listened, if you're an everyday here and you, you heard me talk even over the course of last week. I'm super interested to see, one, what Ricard's role is in particular, but two, how they feel about Ben Mason. Now, I had kind of toyed with the idea, if you listened to my roster projection show last week, of keeping Ben Mason on the roster as like a fourth tight end. And we'll talk about the tight end position because there, there are a couple of under-the-radar guys who could make a spot, you know, could maybe make a roster spot here. But I was like, what if they kept Ben Mason and then they have him as like Patrick Ricard insurance? And I, I ended up going against that because I thought, well, 
you can probably, there's a better shot of you being able to sneak Ben Mason onto your practice squad with the way the fullback position is right now, as opposed to maybe a defensive lineman or an edge guy or a corner or an offensive lineman. Now we went through this rodeo once before with Mason and then he ended up going to the Patriots practice squad. And that was a whole Harbaugh was pissed about that. He was very mad about that. But I think that with the fullback position in general, I think, look, Mason made a, what was it like a juggling catch? So he, he's been involved a little bit, was also involved during OTAs as well. And, you know, Kyle Hamilton was the fed. Mark Andrews, I missed out on the whole point I was trying to make. Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, that connection is still strong. Hasn't gone anywhere, will not go anywhere. There were a lot, you know, Mark Andrews touchdowns. Mark, the first completion of the day was Mark Andrews from Lamar. He was being defended by Kyle Hamilton. And it was just, you know, the offense early was very rough. The defense was definitely having their way. But then when Jackson needs to play, goes over to Mark Andrews and he hit him for a short curl, also had a touchdown there. And there was one of those those signature Lamar Mark Andrews plays where Lamar is looking, doesn't really go through the read, or he goes through the reads, but there's nothing available. And then all Mark Andrews just goes up, gets open in the middle of the field, and Lamar dumps it there. So that was a nice play. There was a nice play from Tyler Huntley to Isaiah Likely, who we talked about, 20-yard strike over there. And, you know, if you if training camp updates, Kyle Barber, who I'm, I'm looking at right now from what he had to say, because, you know, it's it's good to get the opinions of other people as well in this. Kyle does one of the best jobs out there. You know, I also have other guys out there like Jess Rebeck, Jonah Schaefer, et cetera. But, you know, offense going through the tight ends. And, right, that's what kind of happens, or at least what we saw happen for this Ravens team. So, I don't know. The, the offense got better is the day went on Justin Tucker was out there was short from 65 yards, but then went one for two from 60 Travis Jones. I thought, you know, he had a good day. Sam Mustafer was someone we'll talk about this. He didn't, you know, stock down for me there, but I think the biggest takeaway was that the offense is still learning. They're still going through things and that's expected, right? I'm not expecting the offense just go out there and dominate every single day when there's new terminology. We know Lamar's not using the wristband right now. And that's a good thing. Todd Monk can kind of talk about how he, Lamar has to hear him and not necessarily rely totally on the wristband. So I think the stadium practice overall, I liked what I saw from Lamar and Odell in terms of their connection there. We also saw a couple of nice things from Isaiah Likely. And then defensively, too, you know, there were a couple of nice plays. So I think it was it was honestly a balanced day. Maybe you could say the defense won it because the offense struggled so hard early on in the offensive line. You know, there, there's a clip I put out there on Twitter of Lamar Jackson making something that – and look, if there were pads and it was a real game, Lamar probably gets sacked. And I say probably because you never know. <laughs> you never know the deal with Lamar and if he's able to get it we've seen Lamar make Houdini magic you know countless times it's not even surprising anymore but the offensive line struggle we'll talk about that a bit more in the second part of the show so still a lot to dive into on Locked on Ravens we'll be right back with more Ravens content talking about a stock report whose stock rose whose stock fell during the training camp practice here on a Saturday as we were streaming live here on YouTube so be sure to stay tuned plenty to talk about on Locked on Ravens But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And if you're a big fantasy person, I want to plug this again real quick. Locked on Ravens Fantasy Leagues. We're doing Locked on Ravens Fantasy Leagues. It's going to be the third year of me doing this. We've had a lot of great reception from it. A lot of, of, I think I had like 10 leagues last year. We're doing those. So if you want to sign up for those, I'll put a suite out probably sometime next week or in a couple weeks. But 
For fantasy, our partners Locked On Podcast Network here over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a Locked On Ravens fantasy draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to be providing you the players with the guarantee to fit on your roster. So with that draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny's picked out first on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And for me, someone who I was super impressed with last year was Trevor Lawrence. So maybe those top-tier quarterbacks were off the board in fantasy drafts in 2023. There's another line of guys, though, those luxury passers and maybe even runners who are guaranteed to fit your starting lineup every single week. Driving a sleeker Jaguars offense and now features wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Trevor Lawrence has that top-five scoring upside. As a quarterback, one, expect Lawrence to keep living up to his immense arm and athletic talent and cruise the production that builds off his hot finish to last season. And again, Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship and Bay Motors knows the championship team is about being a perfect fit for each player. And this is the same thing with your vehicle. So with eBay guaranteed fit in over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, batteries, taillights, alternators, anything you need. Shock, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure you're the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle the first time. So go for switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. eBay guaranteed fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories to fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. Diving into an instant analysis here on this Saturday of the Raven Stadium practice. It was a really exciting day, you know, getting to see everybody out there and, you know, Odell in that stadium for the first time. A lot of those other additions as well. Now, Zay Flowers didn't practice, unfortunately, but again, hopefully he'll be back on Monday. I'm also, I'm wearing the uh, the palm tree shirt. Usually I only reserve this for, for special occasions. And if you tune in to the very, very end of the show, if you stay with us here, I'll reveal why I'm wearing the shirt. But it's also, I think, a special occasion today, right, because of the stadium practice. Let's look at the comments quickly here before we get into the second part of the show. Nick D saying, with all the new additions, who do you believe will be our red zone clutch wide receiver slash tight end? Well, I'll, I'll do one for each wide receiver and tight end. I think, I mean, tight end wise, I have to go Mark Andrews. I think, well, I'll, I'll do two. I'll do one obvious answer like, oh, yeah, and then one like under the radar second option. Mark Andrews, tight end wise, has to be like the top option. Again, even though there are the new additions, even though it's Odell, even though it's Zay Flowers and all those guys in there, I'm not, you know, I don't think that the connection between Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson is going away. In fact, we literally saw in the practice today that it did not go away. It was exciting to see seemingly Lamar and Mark Andrews pick up right when, right where they left off with the addition of Odell, with the addition of Zay Flowers. I think that's just going to take pressure off of Mark Andrews. And the other guy who I think, you know, huge stock up, Isaiah Likely. Likely is going to be someone who I'm very interested to see how Munkin uses him, how Todd Munkin uses him in the offense, because we know he can line up in line, he can line up in the slot, he can line up outside. So where is he going to be used? And also, I'm interested to see how Likely's blocking has come along. We'll, we'll see it throughout the course of the preseason. But if you remember last preseason, the blocking from Isaiah Likely was not there, right? It was not great. Now, I thought he improved over the course of the season a little bit, but to me, so tight end, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. Wide receiver, I'll say Odell's the, the okay, that's an obvious answer because we've seen him as a red zone threat in the past. And again, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to get prime New York Giants Odell, but at the same time here, I think there's a lot of excitement surrounding him and rightfully so. And then the, oh, well, that maybe that's a sleeper guy. 
I'm going to say Zay Flowers, not that he's like a sleeper that he's not going to produce this year, but a sleeper that he can get open in a hurry in the red zone. And maybe if you're, if you're five yards to go, like if you're first and goal from the four and you run like a quick out or a quick slant across the middle of the field with how sudden Zay Flowers is, how he glides through his routes. I don't know. I think to me, that's going to be super exciting. So we'll, we'll get into a stock report now though. Let, let's pull up what I have here. And again, if, if you are watching live in the comments and you want to put in who you thought did well, or who you thought maybe fumbled their opportunity, you can comment that. And I'll obviously read them out here. And Alyssa in the comments saying, KO, what's going on, Alyssa? How you doing? Um, I think for my first stock up of the day for training camp, I'm going to say Lamar. I'm going to say a little more now as a whole, the offense struggled early on, but I will say that we saw a couple of nice throws from Lamar. And obviously I think the, the play that's getting everybody's attention is the one that was posted on Twitter. And, you know, I, I put it out there of Lamar kind of running around and doing Lamar Jackson things pretty much. So that's the one where everyone's like, Ooh, right. But the Odell Lamar connection, some of the throws we saw him make, I'll say Lamar was, was stock up. I'll also say Gus Edwards was stock up to me because of the fact that uh, he was catching passes out of the backfield. We saw a nice run. Edwards is someone who is obviously, I guess, benefiting from not having J.K. Dobbins out there. Now, of course, you would want to see J.K. Dobbins out there, but Edwards is getting the first team reps, and that's how it will be until Dobbins is back. Now, speaking of running backs, Justice Hill is someone who I think – Justice Hill has had a very interesting career arc. He's kind of the forgotten man in that, well, Dobbins suffered the injury in 2021 – Edwards did as well. Justice Hill also was out for all that 2021 season. I, I don't even know. There was a point where I wasn't sure if he was on the Ravens roster anymore, but he ends up coming back in 2022. I was skeptical. I was like, how much juice does he have left? We haven't really seen him unleashed yet. Got a role last year, looked explosive, looked agile, looked fast. He was someone who was one of my, in terms of like where I thought he was versus where he was at the end of the season, Justice Hill was that guy. He continued that, especially I, th I thought today in practice, looked really shifty, looked really fast. And I I'm excited about Justice Hill, even if it is a running back three role for him, if he's going to be able to go out there and just carve out even a bigger role for himself. Now, what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon? What's going to happen with Keaton Mitchell? We'll see. But I, I was impressed overall with Justice Hill. Then I think another guy whose stock was up, we, we talked about Odell a lot, was making catches. The, the connection there was great. Mark Andrews we talked about, too. Both, I think, are going to be Lamar's top targets this year. I think Zay Flowers is going to be targeted a lot, too. And obviously, we cannot forget about Rashad Bateman. Even though Bateman is not out there, we cannot forget about him in this offense. As I likely we talked about, again, super intrigued to see where he is lined up at throughout the course of the season. But Travis Vokalek is someone who we kind of heard the rumblings of him over the like day two, day three of training camp. Vokalek is someone that I think if you're looking like tight end four, I, I talked about like, oh, who's going to be the, the tight end four? If there is one, I really don't. I think they keep three. But if there is a tight end four, who's going to be? I talked about Ben Mason. Maybe it, it could be Travis Vokalek. Vokalek is an undrafted guy. And even if even if there is, you know, a practice squad opening, that could be like you can keep Ben Mason and he's a fullback tight end versatile option, or you can keep Vokalek. And I think they can honestly do both, but I thought Vokalek had a really solid day overall. Tyler Linderbaum, all accounts looked really, really good. And he ended up, he, he was, he's been a good player for them. Obviously, he's only been one season. But I think what I like the most out of Linderbaum's game is how powerful he is. Now, I know people have the size concerns and, you know, there will be times where he struggles against just 
super big guys in the middle of the defense. But I thought Linderbaum had a pretty good day. Justin Matabike, well, the, the defensive line, honestly, like Matabike, uh, Travis Jones, those two guys. Matabike had a nice rep. Michael Pierce, even he's a guy whose stock was, stock was up for me. He's someone who I don't think people remember. Some people do, I'm sure. But he was really good for them in the very limited action that he played for them last season. It was only, what, a game and a half. He got injured in the Dolphins game week two. But Pierce is someone who I'm super excited about. And Travis Jones, though, he's the guy who I think is could – the biggest jump from year one to year two or the younger guys like Matabike, Washington. We saw Matabike and Washington have pretty big roles for the Ravens last year. But for me, I think that Travis Jones is a guy who he's talking year one to year two leap. He's super strong. And I know the point was made that, oh, Marlon Humphrey and all these guys like, oh, you're going to have the Roquan Smiths and, and Kyle Hamilton's coming on. I don't know. I think Travis Jones could be a super high impact player, not to the level of a Humphrey or not, not to the level of maybe a, a Roquan, but I think he could have a really, really good year this year. I think someone who also showed a lot to me was David Ajabo. We've heard the Ajabo hype all offseason. <laughs> He's looked really good. This is a, like it's kind of his rookie season. He played the game against Cincinnati in 2022. His one tackle, I always say, is the strip sack on Joe Burrow and obviously get well soon to Joe Burrow. You never want to see guys get injured. But Ajabo looked great in, in the stadium practice. We see the flashes. And even Adafi Owe, I thought Owe, you, you see the get off from Owe on, on a couple plays. That was good. And then stock down wise, I'm even just perusing through the Twitter comments here. Sam Mustafer. Well, I put Sam Mustafer as a guy who was stocked down because it seemed like, and again, my all accounts, he was just kind of getting bullied out there, especially in the one on ones. And, you know, there are a lot of people who also agreed with that. Also, you know, other other people saying Salah's stock was down. The whole offensive line, honestly, outside of Tyrell Linderbaum struggled. Must have first struggled. He even got Ronnie Stanley had a couple of un, not great reps. But I don't. This is again, you're working with the offense. The pads aren't even on yet, so I'm not going to be too quick to judge the offensive line. Cole Jackson, who friend of the show here, he does great work. He, he's starting up a new project, so go check out what he's working on. He ended up saying, you know, the offensive line looked slow. Salah's hands were slow as well. So Salah's stock seemed to be down here. Other people saying Jalen Armour Davis, his stock was down. Jane, people say people did not like what James Prochet had to, had to show today. People saying James Prochet's stock was mega down today. And again, I don't see him on the 53-man roster. There was there were a few plays where he was targeted and he, he wasn't able to haul in a pass. But people saying James Prochet's stock was down. Everybody's wishing for a Tristan Colon Castillo back is, is what the uh, what, what the whole thing is going on here. But also, Kyle Hamilton's stock was up, according to some people today, which was really good. So I think, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily something where I'm going to overreact to a stadium practice. And we're so early in the offseason where this is essentially the fourth training camp practice. Once the pads come on, that gives you a much better idea. Like you, you can only do so much of certain positions with the pads off. You're obviously not trying to injure your own teammates and nobody's trying to injure anybody in the first place. Well, hopefully not. I'm, I'm <laughs> hopefully not, but you know, you're not trying to be super physical to the point where an injury happens because those are your teammates. Those are the guys you want out there. So while you, if you want to make a play, you're going to do it with, you know, kind of leaving some physicality out of it is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say anybody's injuring anybody on purpose. But at the end of the day, 
this is a, this is a practice that I thought was just it was balanced overall. And coming back in the final part of the show, we'll, we'll look a little bit more into what happened at the stadium practice. We'll get the latest Ravens news and notes, get to the rest of the comments we have here. You can keep commenting down below. So be sure to stay tuned. Plan to talk about here on this live Saturday edition of Locked on Ravens. We're back here rounding out our final segment of Locked on Ravens Saturday edition. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. And thank you for tuning in. Obviously, you can subscribe on YouTube in audio form as well. Same show with audio and video. And it is free. There's no money involved here on Locked on Ravens. So five days a week Ravens content. We have it for you Monday through Friday. I appreciate all the support, whether you're an everydayer on this show, or if you know, if this is your first time, welcome in to the channel and welcome into the show. And if, if you're somewhere in the middle, thank you for your support too. We're coming up on my my four years of being the host of this show, which is incredible, dating back to 2019, which is when I started Lamar's MVP season, Marquise Brown's rookie year. We're not going to talk about how the year ended. We're not going to do that, but let's get into the, the. Let's actually look at comments first here. Mike White saying, I think we see more red zone touchdowns from Andrews. And I agree because look, when you get when you got down into the, the red zone last year, if you were an opposing defense, you'd saying, Well, who are we gonna put the most attention on? It was Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews only, right? Because of the injuries the Ravens went through at wide receiver. They didn't really have a lot of big time threats. Now it's not only Mark Andrews, it's Odell, it's Rashad Bateman, it's A Flowers, Isaiah Likely with a jump, maybe Devin Duvernay, maybe Nelson Aguilar, some of these other guys in there, running backs, how are they going to factor in? So we'll see, but I'm, I'm excited to see how those guys end up playing this year. Robbie C saying, hate to see Gordon make the 53 and lose Mitchell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's a total lock. I wouldn't say it's a total lock that Melvin Gordon makes the roster. Let me let me pull up the the contract specs real quick because I don't know if I retweeted. I'm, I don't think I did. Let me let me look them up. Brian McFarland does great work for Raven Salary Cap. We've had him on the show a couple of times here, and he you know up to date with everything salary cap Ravens related. He put out the specs of Melvin Gordon's deal. It's a one year deal that includes no bonus, but has a fully guaranteed base salary of 1.165 million out of that 3.1. And his cap hit is also that number. So his cap hits 1.165 million. Then the balance of 3.1 million is 1.935 in incentives that don't count against the cap. And if earned, those will count as a debt on the 2024 or as a debit on the 2024 cap. So the, the number for Gordon this year is 1.165. And then any other incentives he earns up to that 3.1 million is going to be counted on the 2024 cap. So not this year. So Gordon, those are the, the incentives. Whenever you see an incentive laden deal, you you're more inclined, I would say to say, yeah, that guy's going to make the roster, but it's not, it's not totally a given. I would still, if the Ravens keep four running backs, I would love to see Keaton Mitchell. I don't think, you know, Mitchell didn't necessarily stand out in the practice today, but he's made a couple of really nice plays over the course of the entirety of the four days of training camp. So that's somebody who could be an option for them. And I, I've, I've, look, I've been on the Keaton Mitchell train since, since the moment the Ravens signed him as an undrafted free agent. Even before I was talking about him, look, if the Ravens want to draft one of those late round running backs, there were a couple, Dwayne McBride was one of those guys. Keaton Mitchell was another one. He's fast, fast. So I'm excited. Nick D coming back saying, with JK missing an action, will it be fair to put him back in the number one spot if he returns relatively soon? Or is he sabotaging himself? I don't, the, the whole situation with JK is so unclear and, there's so much that we don't know that I, I, I'm not going to say that anybody's sabotaging anyone right now. Like, I don't know how much of it really is injury and how much of it really is contract. Maybe, maybe that information will come out. But at this point, 
we're probably going to see, because if JK comes back and it's like two weeks before the regular season, I'm sure that they'll want to ramp him up. So it will probably be more of a split between Edwards and Dobbins. And if you've been listening to me here, if you're an everyday or you know that I'm saying, I've been saying that I feel like this is going to be more of JK's backfield this year. But obviously if he's not back or if he's kind of ramping up, we're going to see more Edwards. And that's not me saying Edwards doesn't deserve carries. It's still going to be a split. I just think it's going to be more of a 1A, 1B with Dobbins being the 1A and Edwards being the 1B as opposed to maybe a pretty even split. It's been a very even split for them over the course of when they've been on the field together. And then we have a couple other comments here. Sarah Diane Smith saying, with Bowser out, could Trenton Simpson get some plays at Sam? I think that's a pretty solid option for him. I think using him as a backup, Sam, could be good. Now, if they sign a Kyle Van Noy, if they sign uh, – who else would fit this? I don't Maybe a Jadavian Clowney could play some uh, – maybe not, though. Clowney's not really – he doesn't really drop back into covers the way Bowser does. But in terms of a Sam, Kyle Van Noy <laughs> – I'm so high on what Kyle Van Noy brings because – of the fact that he can play a couple of different roles. Now, if we're going back to Dewan Smoot, and obviously that's in the past, right? He He's a Ravens legend in my book because of how, how quickly that went. But if you're talking about Dewan Smoot, he was inside-outside versatility. Like, he can play interior defensive line and outside linebacker. That, that's like what Jadavian Clowney can do. Van Noy is outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and the coverage ability is there. So he could play drop. He can cover guys. And I would feel comfortable, like Trenton Simpson, fine. Like he can cover, he can do that. Like, sir, if they don't sign a Kyle Van Noy and Trenton Simpson is their backup Sam, I'm fine with that. But I, I'm curious to see how they use him. We haven't really gotten a full glimpse into that too. And then Nana Raven 8 coming in, or Nana Rave 8 coming in saying, Marlon got a 15-yard penalty because he couldn't stop Odell Beckham, another top-grade receiver. Aguilar definitely isn't it. He needs to be off our team. I don't know. Did you see something with Aguilar? I didn't see something from Aguilar. Maybe I missed it, but Aguilar has actually been, you know, according to accounts, one of the better receivers in training camp. And look, Aguilar is not going to be a guy who goes out and he shouldn't be a guy who goes out there and, and leads the team in receptions and catches, you know, 10 touchdowns and a thousand yards. But if he's your five, I'm fine with him as the five. And if, if everybody remembers when Aguilar got signed and I was this way too, everyone was like, oh my, they cannot do this again. Aguilar cannot be the only guy they sign. And that's what I said. I said, Aguilar can be a signing. If he's your four, if he's your five, then fine. But if you sign him to be essentially like a three or a two in this offense, no dice. That can't be what happens. Then obviously we know the Ravens go out there. They get Odell. They draft Zay Flowers. So I don't know. I didn't see anything with Aguilar. Maybe you didn't. I didn't see it. But I think Aguilar has been... I honestly say better than expected. I didn't really expect a lot from him, but I understand with the drops, people are a little bit of a, they're a little bit concerned if, you know, maybe in a big spot, Aguilar drops a pass. The drops have followed Aguilar throughout his entire career. So we will, we will probably see a couple in Baltimore. I would not be shocked, but again, Aguilar is your five. I feel so much better about that than Aguilar is the three or the two other stuff that's happened though, over the course of, you know, what happened today, uh, the Ravens, they, Released Trayvon Mullen yesterday with a failure to disclose physical condition designation, which I don't think I've ever seen that before. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't think I've ever seen that before. The Ravens are actually reportedly just Rebeck reporting. They're going to sign him back after, you know, I guess they're going to come to terms on compensation or just how the situation went down. I'm very curious to know how it went down. Like, I guess he didn't tell them about an injury or an ailment or some condition or something. And then the Ravens released him, but they're working on bringing him back. 
maybe more incentives in that deal, maybe a lesser salary. I don't know, but by all accounts, apparently he will be back with the team, which is a guy that I'm super high on, super excited about. Zay Flowers, we've, we've kind of talked about the update there. Didn't practice on Friday or Saturday, but is expected to be back. Well, I wouldn't say expected. There is a chance he comes back on Monday. I don't want to say expected that then he doesn't come back. Pepe Williams, also, he's been the guy on, on the PUP list, or one of them at least. There is some optimism he could return soon, and John Arbaugh saying that he could probably be the first guy off of the PUP list. So good, good for the Ravens to kind of get those guys back and, and – I guess more so corner-wise they need it because we're going to see who the cornerback three is going to be. I don't know who's going to be there. There's a lot of – I'm a little nervous about cornerback three. I'm not going to lie, at least at the time of this recording, where right now it's Marlon Humphrey, Rocky Essien, and then a lot of young guys. I, they, I know they signed Arthur Millette. I'm not super excited about that signing right now, but, hey, who knows? Maybe he maybe he goes and, and does really well for him. We also heard from Lamar Jackson, him saying that the, he actually likes it when the Ravens are underdogs. And, you know, I think – we, we knew, like, if you watch this team and if, you, if you've, you've watched them for a while, you know, I've watched them for a while, the Ravens liked kind of moving in silence, being the underdogs. Do you remember even like the Joe Flacco-led teams where everyone said, oh, well, this team, you know, Joe Flacco can never lead this team, this, that, and the other. And then, you know, kind of the underdogs, you know, beating top-seeded Denver, beating Tom Brady and Foxborough, going to the Super Bowl, winning that. The Ravens in those playoff runs – always were the underdogs. And with Lamar, Lamar is such a polarizing figure. We've talked about Odell and how do I, like, I guess the star power he has. That can put a target, especially the way that it was in 2018, was Lamar comes in, everybody's like, oh, okay, it's a rookie coming in. What's he going to do? Only loses one game out of Wolves. He went six and one in, in his in those games as a starter. Now, obviously, 2018, they lose in the playoffs. But then 2019 was, all right, What's the, what's the next step for Lamar? That 2019 season put the target on their back. They were the best team in football that year, regular season-wise, playoff-wise. Again, we're not, we're not going to talk about that one. But uh, I think that this year, the people just aren't talking about the Ravens. I think we've been used to over the past four or five seasons because all the attention's on Kansas City. It's on Buffalo. It's on Philly. It's on Cincinnati. You know, it's all those teams where I think Baltimore is, like I say, the big four in the AFC is Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore. No particular order there. But those are my top four teams, but Baltimore's not really being talked about it. So Lamar Jackson said, you know, he kind of likes being the underdog, moving in silence a little bit and just playing football. Lamar also said that the Netflix series quarterback, they reached out to him, but he's focused on um, on football right now. So it's exciting. You know, it's it's an exciting time right now with the Ravens, with the new look offense. Hopefully everybody getting getting back into the swing of things. Hopefully the offense can pick up things faster here. And, and, and again, you don't want to rush anything. The offense is going to have some bumps and bruises along the way, but that's okay. I don't, I don't want people to be super alarmed that the offensive line isn't performing at full strength right now, not in pads, or the offense is struggling here and there. So I'd say overall, stadium practice was, was a success. The offense struggled early, I think picked up late. Lamar connection with Odell, Lamar's connection with Mark Andrews. You know, we saw a couple of the defensive line out. I'd say a pretty encouraging day for the Ravens. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. And I, too, a last comment here coming in saying Lamar would never, ever do the quarterback series. I knew it. Yep, that's that's what it is. Lamar is focused on football right now. But I appreciate everybody for tuning in. If you want to listen to the replay, they'll be available. It'll obviously be, be available in audio form. But if you'll excuse me, I have uh, – the reason I'm wearing the shirt, I promised it. The reason I'm wearing the, the palm tree shirt is I have a 
a Barbenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer premiere to get to. So I'm going to be doing that. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in on this Saturday. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel as well. We'll be back here on Monday with more analysis from the stadium practice, more training camp analysis, stock reports, ups and downs, and so much more here coming up on Locked on Ravens. So thank you for tuning in. I'll see you right back here on Monday on Locked on Ravens coming up on a very exciting week, I'd say, of content. So we'll do more analysis, more news, and we'll see you right back here on Locked on Ravens.